special guest time, high time, I introduced Simon James to you. Good morning, Simon. Uh, good morning. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Good, good. Well, it's nice to have you in. Now, Simon James is the CEO of Interlink RCT, which is the volunteering bureau for this county borough. And, of course, we're in volunteer week, which always starts on the 1st of June, whatever day that is. So it's sort of, we're nearly foot through it, actually, aren't we? Yes, and half it was the Jubilee, so it was a bit confusing this year. Okay, so we're nearly at the end of volunteer week, and I've been looking at the you know the tweets coming out of the a lot of voluntary organizations you know yours but also yes. the organizations yes. themselves is it right to, to say you've got probably more than 100 member organizations we have about 550 members it's a good bit more then yes we think that's about probably half the it's double that in terms of the number of groups in rct so yeah rct is really vibrant in terms of community and voluntary groups Absolutely. Well, 500. Now, again, am I right in thinking that because of the pandemic or the results of the pandemic, people are in different places to where they were at the start? And, and a lot of organisations don't have the voluntary backup that they had before. Yeah, I suppose in the, in the pandemic, everything changed in a way. So lots of people needed it, local people to knock on their doors and check on them. So we had a lot of volunteering during the pandemic with people on furlough. Uh, so it's starting to go back to what it was like before. So, um, But yes, one of the things the pandemic really demonstrated that just the massive value of someone just checking on people, very friendly face, a local person, someone they can trust. Uh, and certainly that, that's what will add the impact. But now a lot of people need that support to come out and feel a bit safe and secure and, and less anxious about going out and meeting people again yes well absolutely there was i mean volunteering made the world go round, like it does yeah. but during the pandemic there was astonishing amounts of amazing work going on weren't there i mean there were the local facebook groups that were helping people get their groceries and all of that stuff going yeah, on it became so visible it was just amazing really yeah, yeah. And, and what we found was we thought because we had less people apparently available to broadcast during the day um, after the thing that maybe we'd lost a few volunteers but we did a head count and actually we, we hadn't i think one had left for other reasons yes. during the two years but of the pool of volunteers we have of whom only a small number can come in and do daytime yes. radio because of their experience and their availability yes. and so on what had actually happened was everyone had either changed their job or had some some family issue or responsibility issue that changed during covid yes. so they just aren't available and so it was a, it, it was wrong to think actually we lost them we hadn't lost them they they just kind of reformatted and yeah. and uh luckily we now have some new ones coming along as well which is great after you know uh, quite a big gap yeah, um, yeah. but you were saying there people are still quite reticent to come out aren't they some yeah i think the big thing coming out of all the work with all the partners like the council and the health board is um really some low level mental health needs and it doesn't matter how old you are where you are they're, they're really prevalent so that what does that on the ground support look like for people who are not feeling uh quite well enough or as good as they were and make sure that doesn't get worse because obviously if they sit in the house and they stay in the house it probably gets worse and so it's how you stop that getting worse and the only real answer is local lots of local groups supporting local people really yeah i suppose we it's just a different kind of help that's needed isn't it and yeah, you, right. well, what you're saying about mental health support i mean that's probably been the big issue hasn't it Huge. apart from the obvious problem of fighting covid when we didn't have a vaccine and nobody really knew what was going on and there wasn't enough ppe we've passed from that over to this situation where people with perhaps underlying mental health issues who never realized they had them 
have, you know, because of the stress of it all, have developed these things and uh, really there's a massive shortage of resources to deal with that. Yeah, and we've had some emergency grants going to organisations like Mind and Mental Health Matters across the across the region, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the, the, the thing that keeps people well and stops them getting worse really is that um, kind of informal local contact, which is quite, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to provide it, but it does require a lot of volunteers to provide that support. And that's the thing that we, I suppose, we focus on, because without that local support that people are supporting people day to day on a local basis, the other services don't really work properly. So you just need that local support, local volunteers, informal quite often people don't know people are doing it to neighbors all that so that's just really important and people are quite embarrassed about admitting that they have mental health issues even though there's been a great effort to reduce the stigma it would that would be fair to say wouldn't it um i think it might be changing but i think mm. certainly i think it's probably more true i, I think the thing that, that covid showed us is that all, all of a sudden it became easy and okay to ask for help because you're from friends and neighbors it wasn't a service it wasn't a council social services mm. uh, so a lot of people felt quite easy to say oh yeah i'd like to have somebody drop some dinner off to me or i'd like to someone phone me up so that kind of um reticence for older people about saying i, I need a bit of help kind of changed so we're, we're trying to keep that going so you know, it's not a need. It's not you do not need these. You give as much as you give in terms of someone having a conversation on the phone with you. So yes, it's keeping all that going, I suppose. Yes, um, something you said earlier reminds me of the Valley Steps organisation yeah. we've, we've worked with quite closely since they started, really, yeah. and promoted their things. And one of the things they have is that a they provide free advice and they're now starting to come back out and do it live yeah. although they're i think encountering the reticence of people to actually come out yeah. live so they're still doing stuff online but one of their things is you don't have to say why you're there or talk about your personal life at all yeah. and no one will ask you about it and i think that that's actually quite a strong selling point because the others don't aren't as forward with that Yes. argument if you like but you can rock up to a valley steps thing and sit there and listen and absorb it but nobody asks you to contribute and if you don't want to yes uh, and i think that's quite a strong line isn't it with this to try and get people to come to these things yeah valley steps is a good example but yeah and there's loads of others mm. so <clears throat> people tend to use the word social prescribing now so people come to gps and our well-being coordinators help them go to community activities so there's uh, we've got a be active project so they've got outdoor activities you know from canoeing to walking to armchair yoga uh, there's lots of arts activities lots of singing for the brain there's so many different activities that people can take part to feel better about themselves if they want to. Okay. And my special guest today uh, is Simon James, who is the CEO of Interlink RCT, which is the volunteering bureau for our county borough here. What's happened? It's been a massive two years, hasn't it? Everything has changed. All yes. the operating rules for everything have changed. So we uh, we discussed, uh, you know, this the, this mental health issue that's come to the fore, really, in a big way. For, as an organisation, you, you know, you're leading an organisation whose mission is to help volunteering organizations and yeah. so on and as you say you've 500 members organizations which is thousands of people yeah. um how has it changed what's the sort of headlines about the changes in the last couple of years what you've had to adapt to um well, i think it's become going back to what it was i suppose which is um very grassroots 
So lots of local people informally going out, knocking on doors, talking to people, hand-holding, getting to know each other. And that's, you know, the, the, that's what the sector was about. And I goes, it does get professionalised. Uh, and there's some amazing organisations that are a lot bigger out there. But the pandemic was really about grassroots organisations. <clears throat> and then they provided so much support. The bigger organisations can then start to deal with this. Things are a bit more complex. Uh, but without that, they can't really cope. So, yeah, for us, it's that, that joining up between the grassroots volunteers and community groups with the more professional organisations who can do things that when people get a bit more ill or need a bit more support, mm. they can then refer it to somebody else. But then working together is the thing we've tried, been trying to do for a long time, and, and that's working much better now. But back when the lockdowns happened and people weren't even allowed out... I mean, you, you must have had to re-examine how you did things. I mean, most organisations discovered Zoom and all of these w- ways of talking across the internet, which most of us didn't use to any great yes. degree beforehand. Yeah, I think that, that was probably slightly further on. Initially, it was more about giving advice to people how do they... Um, safely support people to do their shopping how do they handle cash uh, health and safety, how do they recruit volunteers uh, the good thing about local volunteers is you probably know each other so mm. the safety aspect comes in automatically rather than through forms but yeah, lots of on the ground grassroots stuff but how do you get them a bit of money so if they want to do some, get a lot of welfare packs so, and they depends what age you were so they're from colouring pads for young children to soap and um, <coughs> cakes for other people a vast variety of stuff, just drop in enough small gifts to local people and that kind of broke down barriers so lots of really interesting stuff and then i think as time went by then it started to get to how do we go back to normal activities and a lot of digital stuff and zoom stuff mm. started happening then and then people have to it just shows you how quickly people can learn if they have to i suppose doesn't it because without the uh, pandemic none of us would have really have got ho- got on with the things that we got on with in a so uh, technically able that we haven't been before so a massive change very quickly and people just got on with it didn't they i suppose yes and i suppose an organization like yours being in the in the kind of center it, uh, sharing best practice and and sharing ideas is is pretty important isn't it yeah and we were slightly lucky because uh, we've got really good trustees and the trustees are all members so they're they're doing all those things out on the ground with their community groups as well mm. um so yeah so a lot of work and we'd already had our staff go digital before the pandemic so you know it was very easy for us to talk to each other and keep in touch because we had all the technology um but yeah it was just it was just really interesting had to act really fast um, but we've got great staff great trustees uh, and more importantly amazing members so just working with all those groups who really wanted to get out and said you know and basically it was that you don't need permission you just need to go on and do it so usually there's so much paperwork involved and the council were great and others were great saying yeah let's drop the council work let's work together because you need to go out there and do it so things so and obviously the community groups are working you know the council were very very good as a council but they took you know maybe a couple of months to sort out some of their stuff while the groups were doing it from day one so in a way the council had to catch up with what the community groups were doing mm. which changed the relationship in many ways and became a bit more more of a partnership than it had been in the past i think yeah so it's broken down some walls into yes. very useful effect, hasn't yes, it? Actually, absolutely, it's been really good for that. Absolutely. Yeah, short, kind of shortcuts yeah, uh, have yeah. had to be developed because they've had to be, and and now we're in a different place to where we were two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and I think all, most organisations, including ourselves, work more closely with the council as a result of all this than we did in the past, and it's that can only benefit uh, people out there. Really. Well, it helps them to to feel the feedback from the yes, grassroots through absolutely. you, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got local councillors who do that anyway. But it's, yeah, it's, it's some of those offices, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, I, I think <coughs> yeah, when the floods happened, actually, 
the local councillors were all out helping. Oh, they're amazing, yeah. And we had a member of staff, I suppose, who's now Buffy, um, and a couple of members of staff were out there in the communities and some others, so they were doing work, um, basically giving them time off to help do the stuff they needed to do with their communities. So, yeah, it was, uh, well, just people had to help people, didn't they? Yes. Well, now we're here in Volunteers Week. Obviously, the whole idea is to highlight the work of volunteers, and basically local life would grind to a halt. UK life would grind to a halt if there were no volunteers, because it's entirely dependent on them, it seems, at times. Yes. Um, so what are you doing th- this week? Um, and we can come on to something where you're helping us in a minute, because I want to say thank you publicly for that. But before we get to that... Um, what are you doing this week to highlight the work of volunteering? Yeah, so there's lots of things, and I suppose in addition to all the radio and social media, so there's lots of tweeting going on with groups and sharing what they're doing. Uh, a couple of the key things really is to celebrate volunteers by giving them awards, T-shirts, and giving them a, a shout-out on the radio. Um, uh, we've had above and beyond awards, so there's been a vote on Connect RCT, so Connect RCT is, is our community platform in RCT, uh, so people have been voting for their groups on that so we got um three groups have been uh, the winner won a thousand pounds um and then we had a 500 pound grant and i think a 250 grant for the winner of those awards so they got voted on by the public uh, so that was really great and the other thing we did was do grants so we've given out the trustees of interlink decided to use our core reserve to give out fifteen thousand pounds of grants and they were mainly aimed at anything to do with volunteering lots of events to get people out and about and some things around community buildings and energy audits and stuff so community buildings at the moment struggling with energy bills can we do a bit of help for them to get the advice they need uh, and uh, w- we've been able to to benefit from that and to take our volunteers out for a meal i've been here 15 years it's never happened no one's ever said do you want to take your volunteers out for a meal just to say thank you and it's really really fantastic that and, uh, in fact we haven't seen some of them for two years <laughs> <laughs> they've been sending in their things by remote control I and mean, we've yes. had to find lots of ways of keeping this going yeah um b- but not using the normal methods if you like yeah uh, so i you know it'd be nice to see some of them again <laughs> no absolutely i said some of it was just saying thank you to all those people and the groups out there for all the things they've had to do over the last two years to keep people you know keep people well well i need to say thank you to you and your organization for this from all of our volunteers we massively appreciate it thank you yeah and they're going to let their hair down and someone else is paying you know it's fantastic no absolutely <laughs> I'm fully deserved <laughs> great station great volunteers are great thank you very much did you have a role of honour that you wanted to mention I do um, probably mention the the above and beyond uh, awards first so the the, the winning organisation with the most votes was Blank Klechai Youth Project right and then we had Follow Your Dreams another amazing charity local charity yes and uh, Ron the Food Bank so uh, lots of lots of votes but they were the three that won the most votes so that was fabulous work they do fantastic Uh, one of those organisations has a community message with us you know that repeats round and and says about what they do yes the other two would be most uh, welcome if they wanted to do it brilliant Um, absolutely well uh, yeah that's the work they do the food banks the work they're doing I, again, they're finding nervousness, aren't they? They're finding public don't want to admit that they can't afford to feed their kids. Yeah, and there's something 
you've got to really get that right and they do locally as to how do you get it so it doesn't become stigmatized yeah uh, and it's really for because all of us can end up in a position when we need some help yeah and how do you get over around that stigma about saying actually i need help so that's the big challenge they have i suppose okay well you mentioned those three organizations that that quite rightly obviously won the the public vote that's fantastic um and there are lots of others doing similar work uh, who should be remembered too but but what else did you want you wanted to mention some particular names yes. i think so yeah so the volunteers i'm gonna just call them out so as part of our so people have um, said these volunteers um are fantastic and so can we give them a shout out on the radio and they get a t-shirt as well and a certificate so i'll just run through those if it's okay yeah uh so we got neris jones and garrett jones lily lewis julie thomas and caitlin oh kochelski uh they're from cunning valley girl guiding so another girl guiding wants to come up um uh, jolene howells and caris evans from uh second pentra guides uh, Marie Evans, Josie Jones, Francesca Ruddy and Alicia Evans from First Tom Pentra Rainbows. These are from Citizens Advice, a brilliant, obviously a brilliant local organisation, Citizens Advice. Uh, Sarah Allen, Caroline Lloyd, Harriet Simons, Keredig Miller, Carol Covington, Chris Davis, Christine Davis, Deborah Williams, Michael Hempsey, Paul Pierce, Chinmametu and Anita Hamonda. Kevin Lear from The Arts Factory up there in Ferndale. Really good local charity who support Mothers, Mothers Matters. So Susan Hodges and Tracy Jones. And Girl Guiding, Nadine Thomas, Kerry Jones, Marlene McGinley, Stephanie Martin, Anne Winstab, Laura Evans, Rian Edwards, Caroline Price and Eileen Moore. So that's Girl Guiding uh, Garth Mylig. And then Sue Hadlow from Ponticlean Bosom Pals. Uh, Carson Grace from Brintirian Family Group. And from the Lighthouse Project, we have amazing project, the Lighthouse Project. Ron Cox, Julie Corley, Amanda Richards, Adam Terrell, Kaylee Williams, Lisa Gilbert, Leah Price, Tracy Grieg, Kay Aubrey, Jonathan Athenort, <laughs> Thelma Hughes, and not last, uh, we've got a certain person called Terry Mann. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Myrig Hailstone from GTFM. So uh, well done to the GTFM for getting those in as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, Myrig is, is, um, is our engineer who keeps it all going Brilliant. somehow. We've no idea how. He just says, I need to buy a, a new thing, Terry. I go, how much? Yes, yeah, so he says she's been out on hand morning, noon and night to help the station stay on it. So brilliant. Well, uh, yes. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for, for mentioning me as well. As, as Andrew Morgan said over the weekend, it's a team effort. It's been challenging, but it's been very rewarding to keep this thing going. Oh, ama- you know, amazing local asset, isn't it? So it's brilliant. Thank you. Well, that, that was a surprise there. Thank you very much for that. Um, and, uh, and well done to everyone you mentioned, and all the ones you didn't, all the thousands of people thousands who volunteer. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's marvellous what they do and what they continue to do. And, and Simon, thanks for coming in to tell us. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you.